Welcome back to DCOM Cool and Collected. I'm Kelly. And I'm Elizabeth. And this week we watched Bad Hair Day, which wasn't as terrible as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I did not enjoy it very much. <laughs> yeah, Bad Hair Day came out February 13th, 2015. 2015? I thought it was 2014. No, 2015. Oh. <laughs> we were seniors in high school. So clearly we never saw it. No. Um, this is like a... It has a lot of my favorite things, I will say. It's a buddy comedy, white collar crime, a dash of feminism. <laughs> um, I thought it was odd that this was a Disney movie, like, so late, where one of the main characters is an adult. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were... I was trying to think the last time that happened, and I feel like it was Twas the Night with Brian Cranston. <laughs> Um, in Stuck in the Suburbs, he's kind of an adult. <laughs> but that's more of, like, the two main people are Brenda Song and Danielle Panabaker. But I would say he's a major character. Okay, well... <laughs> um, this movie stars Laura Morano, who we know from Austin and Alley. Uh, she was also in Lady Bird. Yeah, I saw that. I was like... <laughs> you don't remember? Been... No. She was one of the theater kids. She had, like, one line. Oh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I thought she must have been one of, like, the Mean Girls friends. No, not. she was a theater kid um, in Merrily We Roll Along. <laughs> um, she's also Vanessa Morano's little sister. Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> um, then we have Lee Allen Baker. We saw her in Good Luck Charlie. Uh, yeah, I think we briefly mentioned in one of our other episodes about how she... Uh, we also saw her at the Tennessee Town Hall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think we briefly mentioned that, but um, yeah. I know, I know she's a terrible person, but I will say she was, like, whenever I did watch Good Luck Charlie, she was one of my favorite parts of Good Luck Charlie. <laughs> I just, I really despise Good Luck Charlie, so I, I don't have a good opinion. I saw a TikTok came up on my For You page not too long ago, and it was just like, oh, this episode of Good Luck Charlie was so funny, and then it was like all the clips that they thought were funny. It was not funny. Have Has Gen X ever heard a joke? I... You guys... <laughs> Please, please love yourselves and watch something funny. Yeah. They were, like, giggling throughout the whole time, and then everyone in the comments was like, PJ ate this episode, and I'm like, no, he didn't! <laughs> the writing was terrible, he, had not, he couldn't do anything with it. Yeah. It was just, like, one of those, like, Gabe got in trouble, so he told his teacher that, like, PJ and Teddy were his parents, so then there's, like, a whole mix-up. Like, this isn't funny. Have you ever seen an episode of That's So Raven, where she pretends to be her mom? That's funny. <laughs> That's the first episode of That's So Raven. Yeah, they did that right. <laughs> good Luck Charlie did not. Yeah, like I said, I'm a Good Luck Charlie hater, so you don't want to hear my opinion on it. You've already said your opinion on it. I'm a hater. We talked about Good Luck Charlie. Yeah. Um, we also have Kiana Madeira. Mm -hmm. um, she was in the, the Fear Street movies. She played Dina slash Sarah Fear. I already knew that was going to happen, but I've only seen part one. Oh. What? Part two's the best one. <laughs> I've only watched two. part one so far. You need to watch part two. Well, I was very spooked after the first one, so really? I need... Listen, <laughs> I don't like possession. I don't like creepy shit like that, because I believe in possession, so that is a That's little like, it's frightening It's like barely a possession movie. No! It's not the devil. Uh, uh, and they're, taking... just, they're being mind-controlled. It's not even like the actual... Additionally, I have seizures, so whenever they like... Oh. A little bit. It makes me a little frightened. <laughs> I would definitely not like to be possessed during a seizure. Okay, well, the second one's the best. So. Well, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> um, and then we have. She was also in Trinkets, which is a show on Netflix. Oh. Um, I think it got canceled after the second season. I didn't watch all of the second season, but 
I think she's in, like, Netflix's pocket. I think she's probably going to be in a lot more of their originals coming up, so. I think she's pretty good. Yeah. Not in this movie particularly. (laughs) No. But. (laughs) Her voice is so different. I don't, I wonder which one is her natural voice. No, it's definitely not this. (laughs) Uh, well, because in the Fear Street movie, she's like, we have to get Sam! But then in these movies, she's like, oh my god, what color is your lipstick? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you think Disney didn't make her top 14 octaves higher? Um, and then the last person I have is Zoe de Grand Mason. I'm, it's a lot of names. Um, she was Evelyn Evernever in Riverdale. I know, I saw her and I was like, wait, was she in another decom? Why does she look so familiar? And then when I looked on <laughs> IMDb, she played, that's spoiler what I saw. alert, Chad Michael Murray's wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, that, that's all I have. There's not a lot of people in this movie. Mm-mm. Um, shall we begin? Let's jump in. Okay, so we open with Monica programming her website for her hairstyle poll. They have Monica, like, very obsessed with, like, her looks and what people think of her. And they also have her that she, like, programs her own websites. And she, like, has polls for for people to decide, like, what hairstyle should I wear? What dress would I wear? And I think they had the part where she, like, programs the website in so that she wouldn't seem too uh, airheaded and materialistic. Well, no. Disney loved a woman in STEM, as you can see from literally <laughs> all of the last decoms that we've done. It's yeah, been if you women weren't in STEM. a teenager um, programming your own websites and writing code, who in 2010 to 2015, who were you? You were us. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. I've seen people be like, yeah, I was, like, literally coding my whole Tumblr page back then. Like, no, yeah, I Yeah, I saw pre- people, like, coding their Tumblr pages, but I did not. No, I just did a pre-used, like, template. And then we were just a little too young for MySpace, so we also didn't do, like, MySpace. Did, you co- did people code on MySpace? Yeah. You, oh. like, personalized it to look the way that you wanted it. Uh, yeah, coding, like, wasn't, like, a thing yet that they're trying to force down children's throats. <laughs> In these Disney movies, it is now. <laughs> Yeah, so she's working on this website. First of all, so she's doing a poll on how people think she should style her hair for prom. She does six hairstyles. Who this is the night. This, this is the night before yeah. prom. She says that she stayed up till two a.m. doing these hairstyles. Girl, why did you not do this beforehand? Also, who's gonna have time to vote at two a.m.? Who's, who's gonna go onto their classmates' website and vote for their favorite hairstyle? I would not. <laughs> Yeah, so she also doesn't seem like she has any friends, so I don't know who's voting on this. So she finishes her hairstyle. It turns out that the side pony won. The side (laughs) side pony pony. won. I mean, it's not that bad because it's like low and curl, but it's still a side pony. And so she decides to go to bed without taking anything out of her hair. No. She has like these flower clips in it and she just goes to bed. Yeah, um, Sierra FaceTimes her the next morning, um, and, uh, According to Monica's own polling data, she's set to win prom queen. Um, But whenever Monica finally looks in the mirror, she has all these, like, stringy fried dreads. It's, like, matted and crispy because apparently she was putting mousse in her hair when she was doing it, which makes absolutely no sense. And instead of just getting in the shower and washing her hair, she's like, oh my god, I need to go to the salon. This is horrible. Yeah. Ma'am. Um, yeah, like, she mixed all these different products last night that you weren't supposed to mix. Um, she also melted her plastic dress. 
Yeah, okay, so they showed her dress earlier, and I thought that was a dress cover. And then I, like, looked at it again, no, and I was like... fucking plastic. Yeah, I looked at it again, and, like, the bottom part of the dress, like, there's fabric underneath, but then it's a plastic... It's just covered in plastic. ...over top of it. I don't know why they couldn't have it, like, catch fire or something that would make a lot more sense. It, yeah. Yeah, and the shoes that she bought were too small, so she was trying to widen them out, and they broke. So the whole day is ruined! And um, now, Ashley is tied with her for prom queen. With her arch enemy, Ashley. Yeah, that's um, when the DMV the calls DMV her. The DMV calls her to schedule a driving test. Okay, I have a question. Is this supposed to take place in California? And I thought this was supposed to take place in the middle of nowhere, because who, like, who has the DMV booked up for a year to take driving tests? That's what I'm saying. I think California would, because there's, like, oh, a million they? people. I don't <laughs> know. Because remember, remember on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, whenever Kendall was, like, gonna go take her driver's test before school, and then she did not pass. Yeah, but that's because the DMV is only open from, like, 8 to 5. So that's the only time you can go take your driving test. You can go after school. Well, I don't know why people didn't go after school. <laughs> well, I know, but maybe she had to make an appointment. Is that a thing, places? We I don't, don't know. Think so. I think you just go. That's not how it works here, but maybe in no, other places go. it is. And I feel, was this the only DMV in the tri-state area? <laughs> I doubt it. Because yeah. <laughs> I can think of at least like four off the top of my head. Yeah, no. So they call her to tell her, uh, yeah, we're going to book your appointment for this day and it's a year from now. And she's like, uh, I'm going to be at college then. Can I take it sooner? And they're like, okay, you can come in at 2 p.m. today. No one can come because it's prom. And she's like, well, I can't. And she's like, okay, well, then a year. And she's like, okay, fine, I'll do it. Yeah. So on top of needing to get a new dress, new shoes, sort her hair out, and trying to win the prom queen title, she also has she to go has take to her, her driving, driving test. test. Oh, my God. And they explain that she's a senior taking her driving test by saying that she skipped a grade because she's so smart. She can't just be a senior taking well, her driving test. I think they're also trying to add to, like, she's more than just, like, her material. And I they're, guess. they're making her smart because they say she gets into MIT. I'm just saying, I took my driver's test right before senior, or I passed my driver's test right before senior year of high school. I took mine right before my 17th birthday, which was also before senior year of high school. Yeah, I failed my test twice. <laughs> I did it once. I don't know if I would have been able to go back and do it again if I failed, so <laughs> glad I did. Literally the day of my third test, I, d I had my, I was going in like the afternoon. I couldn't eat anything all day. I was like sobbing because I'm like, who fails? Their I have a lot of people fail on driving tests. <laughs> the first time I went to go take it, it was like literally like six months before I actually went to take my test. But I was like driving there and I was so stressed. I literally was crying in the car because I was so stressed. <laughs> and then I go inside and I like walk up to the lady, just like you can tell that I've been crying. And I'm like, I'm here to take my driving <laughs> test. And she's like, there's no more available spots today, which was the best news ever because I'm positive I probably would have failed if I tried to take the test that day. So um, if you didn't know in high school, Kelly and I both had undiagnosed anxiety. <laughs> Our entire lives. I mean, yeah. what you're talking about in high school. And well, you I'm can't tell from the way that we tell stories right. on this podcast. I'm so sorry. If you relate to us in any way by the stories we tell, you might want to get that checked out. <laughs> if you haven't already. <laughs> I remember, like, like, learning to drive, and then, like, I'd come home, and then I'd ungrip the steering wheel, not realizing that I was, like, holding on for dear life. Like, my fingers would hurt for, like, an hour after I, like, went to go practice driving. Listen. <laughs> I was gripping the steering wheel so tight. The fact that we just let random 16-year-olds on the roads drive a motor vehicle, that's so dangerous. 16 is way too young. <laughs> 21. <laughs> 
like hearing that like some people in our class got our driver's test and I was like I'd never get into the car with them <laughs> well yeah also so Missouri doesn't require driver's ed a lot of states do and also at Missouri you get your full license at 16 I know like in Kansas or some other places you get like uh I don't I forget what it's called but like at 16 you're able to get your full license and, like, there's rules, like, for the first six months, you're only supposed to have one passenger in the car. <laughs> no but, one pays attention to well, that. Well, yeah, but I think, like, in California, at 16, you can only, 15 and a half, you have to get your permit? I don't know. There's some, like, weird rules. Here, no. In Arkansas, you can get your permit at, like, 14, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but I think you still have to wait till, like, 16 to get your license, right? I don't know. I just remember watching the Duggars <laughs> learn to drive, and they were, like, 14. All I know about driving, all I know about libertarians is that <laughs> <laughs> they asked if people should be required to have a driver's license to drive a motor vehicle, and all of them are like, no, what next? You need a license to toast toast in your toaster? And then Gary Johnson says, I don't know, I'd like to see a little competency before people get behind the wheel, and everyone boos him. It's my favorite TikTok. I haven't saved because it's so hilarious to me. Kelly also used to work with a libertarian. (laughs) Well, yeah. Anytime anyone says that they're libertarian, that's all I think of. So I just assume that you don't want people to have driver's license. I just think of Ron Swanson. (laughs) Well, he doesn't want people to have driver's license, I guess. No, because then the government can track you. I guess so. But he, he's a good libertarian. This is this is not an endorsement of libertarianism no. or Gary Johnson, to be clear. Or any of the other people <laughs> in that video. We do not endorse or, pro- or promote anyone that we do not specifically say we endorse or promote. <laughs> exactly. And if something comes out after the fact that they're a horrible person and in the past we've said we do, we take it back. We take it back. I'm pr- we promise. I swear There's this always someone. happens. <laughs> oh, well, Shia LaBeouf is a big one. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, back to the movie. <laughs> um, so Monica calls her boyfriend to drive her around all day, but he can't because he's volunteering with the orphans. <laughs> yeah. Sick orphans. <laughs> he just says, I gotta go volunteer with the orphans today. Yeah. Um, Monica enters the kitchen where her dad is. Um, her day is just completely ruined. Uh, dad is an ER nurse, so he can't help. I love that. I love that her dad is a nurse. Um, Monica also has to choose colleges pretty soon. She hasn't done that yet, even though it's literally prom and she's about to graduate. Yeah, that's fine, I guess. Um, Monica goes upstairs and puts on this nice necklace. Um, Sierra FaceTimes her again, and Monica's like, oh, look, look at this necklace. I found it at a pawn shop. Isn't it so cute? Um, first of all, Sierra's like, um, (laughs) did you ask people if they like that? But she doesn't really get to respond because... Uh, Well, Monica says, no, I did not have people vote on it, uh, like the rest of my outfit. I just liked it. Uh, yeah, then the doorbell rings, so Monica takes off her necklace and goes downstairs to answer. Um, it's an FBI agent, and she's there to ask questions. Officer Liz. Yeah, she shows her a picture of the necklace. Um, Monica lies and says she's never seen it. And then she and the agent start, like, going back well, and forth. Well, okay, the agent says it's a felony to lie to an agent. And she's like, no, it's <laughs> no, not. It's not. <laughs> and then she's also like, hey, can I come inside? She's like, do you have a warrant? And she's like, no. She's like, then no. Yeah, they have this, like, back and forth You know thing. what? I love that Monica knows her rights. It's true. Good for her. <laughs> 
Monica said cab. She also says, she also says, did you know it's a, actually a felony to, to impersonate, impersonate <laughs> a cop? Yeah, she's like, uh, I'm looking you up right now. Like, I have a phone in my hand. It's very easy to look this up. You're not a federal agent. <laughs> but also, I don't think you can just Google if someone's an FBI agent. I don't think it's that easy, but. But still, um, Liz, Liz reveals that she's actually a PI working for an anonymous client willing to pay a reward for the necklace. Um, it's just costume jewelry, but it has family history. Um, Monica is suddenly interested, so she invites Liz in. And well, she like, sees that Liz has a car, and she's yeah. like, oh, come on inside! Yeah, something like they go back and forth for a while, because Monica's like, you're kind of weird, like, what are you doing? Like, you're probably not even a cop, and Liz is like, oh, yes, I am a cop, you know what, I just noticed in the past ten minutes, I know that you're an honor student, you skipped a grade, uh, and your mom left you. <laughs> Yeah, not like, oh, mom died. No, yeah, she not left. even just like, mom's not here. Yeah. Mom left you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't understand. First of all, she said there's a prize if you give me the necklace. Why didn't she just take the money and she could get everything done? She could call a cab because she says no, she can't call a cab because it's too much money and she has to spend the money on her dress and her hair and all of that. I don't understand. I don't know. Monica's stupid. Girl. <laughs> um, Liz reveals that she knows that Monica bought the necklace from a pawn shop. Um, Monica goes upstairs to change clothes. Yeah, yeah, and to also hide the necklace. Yeah, so she puts the necklace, like... In in, her eyeshadow palette. There's, like, a little compartment. Yeah, under, like, where the uh, makeup is. Yeah. Um, So Monica agrees to give back the necklace in exchange for a ride to places all day. And I thought to myself, does she really not have any friends? Well, Sierra probably doesn't have her license either, maybe. No one? I think Sierra's her only friend. I, that makes sense. That checks so out. So if Sierra, Sierra's her only friend and she doesn't have her license, then who else is she going to ask besides her boyfriend, who is helping the orphans? Yes. Um, so we briefly see this slick man arrive at the pawn shop, and he asks the clerk about the necklace. Yeah, his name is Pierce, because of course it is. <laughs> Um, uh, in the car, we learn that Liz has all this, like, illegal surveillance gear decked out all over her car. Um, Monica, like, starts questioning about it because she's super smart. She knows, like, all the tech things. And also that this is illegal for you to have. Yeah, um, the car is rigged so that there's no cell service. And Monica freaks out. Oh my god, I don't have any cell service. Well, and she also explains, I mean, they're, they're putting in plot points here, but yeah. she's like, my friends know where I am at all times, and I know where they are at all times, because we have this app. This is, like, like a promotional ad for, like, Life360 or whatever those, like, tracking apps people have are. Oh, I... I never had one of those, but I know that that was, like, a thing that parents would make their kids download. Oh, is that Maddie? The one that Maddie has? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> no, I don't know. But I know that that's a thing. Mm. Um... Yeah, but Liz is like, no, you need to unplug and be by yourself. Look at my, I have a flip phone. I don't even have a smartphone. Yeah, so they stop at a stoplight next to the school's water polo team. Uh, Monica embarrassed to be seen in what she calls the freak mobile. Um, and Liz, offended at this comment, yells at the team through a megaphone out the window to turn the radio down because the radio is up all the way. So she pulls out a megaphone and she's like, turn the radio down. Um, they notice Monica, and before driving away, they litter. Yeah. They, like, throw their smoothie in the street. So, Liz takes a siren out and puts it on her car, which, again, I also don't think is illegal. No, that's very illegal. And chases them. Yeah, whenever they finally pull over. She says she's making a citizen's arrest, which I've heard of, but, again, I don't think that's a real thing. They did it in Master of None. I don't think it's a real thing. (laughs) 
But yeah, he's like, she's like, if you guys don't go pick up that litter, I am going to, um, I don't remember what she says. Like, take you downtown. Yeah. I don't blame her, though, because littering is very bad. All I'm saying is that she's constantly threatening, threatening teenagers, <laughs> and at this point in the movie, we have no idea what authority she actually has. No. And even if she is a cop, you should not be threatening teenagers the way that she will, we'll see more of it later. Yeah. 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 So. Um, but yes, I do agree that lit- littering is terrible. You should get arrested if you do it. Yeah, littering is very bad. We talked about how much we hate littering. <laughs> it's just annoying. Don't do it. Um, okay, so they arrive at, like, the outlet mall. Um, Monica shows Liz her real-time prom queen polling data, and Monica is, like, campaigning on their way to the hair salon. She's, like, saying hi to everyone. Yeah, she's making friends everywhere she goes, and she gets to the salon, she's like, hey, I'm here for my appointment, and they're like, you're two minutes- wait, before this, (laughs) I thought- I thought this was kind of funny. Um, uh, Monica starts talking to, like, this hippie from her class- and for some reason, uh, she introduces Liz as her Aunt Hilda. And for some reason, she also, also says that Aunt Hilda's colorblind. I don't know why. But um, Liz replies with, I just sit at stoplights all day wondering if I can go or not. Which I know is not really what colorblind people do. <laughs> yeah, you just know what order the lights in. Um, uh, Sierra meets them. And uh, briefly, she tries to convince Monica to go to state. So we sort of see Yeah, that. and Dad talked to her about that a little bit earlier. He's like, I know you're considering state, but, like, just think about your options. Yeah, so Monica and Liz, like, pull away, and Monica explains to Liz that she's she's deciding between state and MIT. Um, she thinks she's considering state because everyone she knows is at state, but at MIT she'd be a nobody. Yeah, Liz is like, you have to go to MIT, and Monica's like, well, I'm kind of scared to do that, which I think is a fair point. I mean, like, obviously don't give up your dreams for other people, but also, if you're scared, that's valid. Yeah, so Monica arrives three minutes late for her hair appointment, so they gave the appointment away. Um, Liz makes the front desk lady angry. Uh, they give her a buzzer, like they give you at restaurants, yeah. <laughs> and so they're like, whenever this comes, whenever this goes off, you can come back and you'll have an appointment. Yeah, so we briefly, we briefly see Pierce get into Monica's house using a freeze ray <laughs> to freeze the laptop. Yeah, and he does this thing that, uh, Liz said that you could do earlier to easily disarm the alarm, and yeah, he does. Yeah, so call back. Um, so now Liz and Monica are shopping for sunglasses while they wait for the hair appointment. Yeah, Monica tries to return her melted dress- <laughs> She's like, oh, you have a no questions asked policy, right? Here you go. And so Liz is like, you can't return that. That's melted. What did you do to it? Like, saying all this stuff. And the clerk is like, oh, well, if you did something to it, you can't return it. She's like, I didn't do anything to it. It just happened on its own. The entire time, like, Liz is, it's definitely, like, the protagonist and the antagonist right now. Like, everything she's trying to do, Liz is like, you can't do that. Stop. Just making it harder and worse. Just, like, because of who she is. She's not trying to intentionally sabotage. Yeah, so they start, like, arguing back and forth with each other. And then Monica's buzzer starts going off. So she's like, oh my god, I have to leave now. I have to get to my appointment. So she goes out. Monica's mad at Liz. And they start yelling at each other. Which, again, you need to get to your hair appointment, girl. This whole thing is called Bad Hair Day. You're so worried about your hair. But they decide Uh, to start arguing. Monica has been wearing, like, a beanie this whole time to try and hide her hair. Yeah. Um, At the same time, Liz has had sunglasses on top of her head. And she walks out of the store with them. Yeah, from the store that she tried on. Yeah, so she gives back the sunglasses. To the uh, mall cop. To the mall cop. Who's, like literally about to arrest her, but she shows her police retirement association card. Yeah. Um, so on the way back to the appointment, Liz explains that she's on sabbatical from the police force. Uh, Monica doesn't understand why she's on a jewelry case then for costume jewelry. 
Um, they get to the hair appointment and they're late again, so they get a new buzzer. Uh, so they decide to go get food in the food court. Uh, Monica's very annoyed and she checks her phone. She's losing in the prom qu- prom queen race. Um, she's Liz? mad at Liz. Liz keeps trying to like talk to her and she's like, please just leave me alone. Like, I do not want to talk to you right now. Yeah, so then Liz points out her boyfriend at another table flirting with another girl. Uh, Monica says he's supposed to be helping orphans, to which Liz replies, does that girl have parents? <laughs> yeah, Monica goes over to confront Kyle and Kyle says that the orphans canceled, so he's here with Ashley instead. <laughs> the orphans canceled. Yeah, so Ashley decides to make fun of Monica's hair. She's like, "What's up with that hat?" And Ashley's determined to win prom queen out Monica's nose. Yeah. Uh, so Monica's crying in the bathroom stall. Uh, Liz tries to make her feel better by asking if she wants a corn dog. Relatable. <laughs> um, and Monica briefly says, "Like this is what happens when you're not perfect." Um, Sierra arrives in the bathroom to comfort Monica, and Liz is watching Sierra, like, lift her up with her words. Um, Monica says that Kyle hurt her in front of all those people. So Liz hears this and goes back outside and pretends to be mall security. Um, At which point, she pins Kyle on a table and is, like, acting like she's gonna put handcuffs on him or something. And she's like, you're in big trouble for canoodling at the mall and for hurting a teenage girl. And he's like, I don't think any of those things are illegal. And she's like, well, no, but what about this? I'm going to go through your backpack. Yeah, which again, very illegal. Yeah, so she finds like zit cream. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah, well, besides being illegal, it's also just like, I get that he was a dick, but like, He's also a teenage boy, and you're an adult adult. woman. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I said. Like, how this is kind of weird that it's an adult as the main character and a teenager. Yeah. Yeah, so she's, like, pulling all these things out. Like, I feel like this could have worked if it was just, like, oh, like, another, like, outsider in class that Monica never got along with. Yeah, it could have just been, like, almost an enemy, a frenemy, perhaps. Right. Like, they're two, like, completely different people. Like, it could very still, like, very much still be that way, but with, like, a child. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Liz is embarrassing him, and then the real mall security shows up, and Liz gets arrested for impersonating a mall cop, I guess. I get, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she gets taken to the station. Um, briefly, briefly yeah. yeah, briefly we see Pierce has torn apart Monica's house, which that's never resolved. Um, we learn, he says to himself that the diamond is priceless, and there's an iPad that's sitting on the counter that shows a notification for Monica's driver's test at 2 p.m. Um, so Monica and Liz are at the police station. Everyone at the police station is annoyed to see Liz. Um, Liz turns to Monica and apologizes for what she did, but Monica doesn't care that much. She's like, I didn't really like him that much. She's like, I started dating him because of an online poll. Um, Liz's former partner, Ed, approaches, and Ed will see what he can do to help. Get the charges dropped. Get the charges dropped. Monica calls her out for having a crush on Ed, but she didn't, Liz denies it. Yeah, Uh, so then, Monica tells Liz that she should use her sexuality. My sexuality. If you've ever seen 30 Rock. If not, she just (laughs) says, flirt with them and try and use your feminine wiles to get them to let you go. She says, instead of insulting people, compliment them. Yeah. I don't know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah, so Liz tries- And then Liz says, what do you know? You were like 12. Which, again, is something I say very often to anyone younger than me. Yeah. I, as much as, as much as, as problematic as Liz is, I very much relate to her. I'm just glad you're not a cop. No, I'm not a cop. I'm also not an adult who's hanging out with children. Yeah, that's a bad look. 
Um, Liz tries to talk to one of her, like, former cop buddies or whatever, and she's just like, hey, has anyone told you you've got nice nostrils? Mm, so funny. And he's just like, okay, this is weird, I'm leaving, and walks away. Yeah, so Ed comes back, he got the charges dropped, but the chief is angry and calls Liz into her office. Um, Ed, we, everyone can hear the chief yelling at Liz, and Ed explains to Monica that the chief has always expected a lot from Liz as the department's rising star... Um, and he explains that she's the best partner he ever had. Yeah, Monica asks why she quit, and Ed's like, oh, she didn't quit, but I'm not gonna tell you what happened, because if she wanted you to know, she would have told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so, not this child that my former unhinged partner is dragging around all day. <laughs> yeah, so Monica and Liz are, like, talking. They're outside. Yeah. And Monica asks, what's up? So we get the whole story. Uh, Liz explains that the necklace has a diamond worth $7 million, and I don't know how a pawn shop owner who gets expensive things on a daily basis did not recognize this. Yeah, apparently. Um, Why would they take it in the first place if they thought it was just, like, cheap jewelry and sell it for $13? Wouldn't it be, like, fucking heavy? I, yeah. There's a lot, there's (laughs) plot holes here. Um, it was stolen two months ago, and it was her fault. There was a traveling exhibit at the museum with the necklace at the center. Again, like, no one recognizes this necklace. Mm -hmm. Um, Liz was in charge of security, and she denied Ed's offer to help because she wanted to do this on her own and prove herself. Uh, Pierce Peters is the world's foremost jewel thief. And we get this shot of him descend, uh, descending through the museum ceiling. I'd like to know if jewel thieves still exist, because I'd love to hear about them. I'd love to meet one. I'd love to be one, honestly. <laughs> I know that art thieves exist, because I watched that one documentary on Netflix. Which yes. Was, well, kind of that was the mob. That was the mob. It was kind of disappointing. There was no, really re- no real resolution. But, no. but also, uh, American Animals, is that what it's called? Yeah. That was... Awkward to watch, but also very fascinating it's to watch. It's very good. Yeah. Um, I love white-collar crime. <laughs> as long as it, like, doesn't hurt anyone. Like, if you're, like, stealing, like, a painting, like, that originally belonged to people that was stolen by the Nazis, that's great. Great white-collar <laughs> crime. Yeah, American <laughs> Animal's not the best example for that because no. they do end up hurting people, kind of, but brush over that. Anyway. <laughs> we don't condone that. No. And if, if it's not, like, you know, defrauding uh, working-class people out of money, not, we, don't, we don't like that. If it's, like, you know, stealing from the rich because they have enough. Yeah, I'll Love so, that. <laughs> who needs this tacky-ass necklace? That's what I want to know. Exactly. Yeah, we never learn, like, why this neck, like, where this necklace comes from. It's just that it has a $7 million diamond in it. Yeah. Anyway, Pierce Peters is descending through the museum <laughs> ceiling. Yeah. Um, I just want to say that the Night Fox in Ocean's 12 danced through the lasers in one of the best scenes ever made in modern movie history. And that's it. <laughs> Got nothing to contribute. <laughs> yeah, so Pierce, all he did was just fucking descend through the ceiling. Um, as the only woman, Liz didn't want to ask for help, so she didn't call for backup. And so all she did was run after his car, and he got away because she can't un- outrun a car. Yeah. And- um, so after that, she became obsessed with getting the necklace back, uh, so much so that the chief had had enough. Um, she learned, although she tracked it down for months, and learned that Pierce arranged an exchange with the diamond, uh, but he accidentally gave the diamond to the wrong man. So Liz tracked the necklace all throughout town and how it ended up in Monica's possession. Yeah, um, she's so obsessed with the necklace because she feels like she needs to be the one to return it to rectify this whole situation and, like, get her, her like, title back with the cops. Because they're the ones who are like, hey, you're obsessed with this and you need to stop, and that's why she's on sabbatical. Which, 
I think she needs therapy. I think all <laughs> cops should be in therapy. Mandated. All cops need to be in therapy. Because mm-hmm. you see some crazy ass shit. We should take that, the money out of weapons and put it toward, uh, station, no, what are they called? Uh, unit therapist. Crisis therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so Liz then turns it on Monica and asks why she can't make any of her own choices. And Monica explains that she doesn't want to be a disappointment because her mom left when she was three. Um, and that's why she wants to be prom queen for reassurance that everyone likes her. Well, and that she doesn't want to be a disappointment. That's why she has to get everyone's approval for, like, everything. Because she's, again, very afraid of these abandonment she can't issues. let down the majority. Needs, needs also therapy. Also needs pretty intense therapy. Needs therapy. <laughs> I understand maybe they cannot afford on dad's nurse salary. I don't know what nurse salaries look like. But, yes, needs therapy. <laughs> Um, and after this heart-to-heart, Monica realizes it's time for her driving test. So they get to the DMV, and the only car that Monica has to drive is Liz's car. I don't know why they didn't think about this to begin with. Yeah. You you drive the car that you came in. Yeah, obviously you don't get to (laughs) rent a car to take your driver's test in. Yeah, so Liz sits in the back seat, which again, I don't think you can can do do that. that. No. Um... Monica almost crashes. Multiple times. Multiple times. Which is when the driver tells her to pull over. But does she? No. Absolutely not. She's like, wait, just give me another chance. And keeps going. Which, again, <laughs> I think is kind of illegal. I'm pretty sure the people in the car with you are, like, cops of, to some degree. Yeah. Uh, they have some authority. Yeah. Um, Monica then almost hits a trash truck and drives onto uh, a bunch of lawns. Yeah, the instructor makes her pull over, but then Liz sees Pierce drive by. And at first she tells Monica to chase him, but then somehow during this chase, he's the one that's chasing them and they have yeah. to get away. I don't understand what happened. Because I said that. I was like, she's chasing Pierce, but then no, she's but like... No, they're like, he's gaining on I know, exactly. Like, Wait, ha- okay, I was, I'm glad that I wasn't the only one. No, that I have happened. no idea what happened. I, yeah, I guess they just forgot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Monica is trying to go back and forth between, like, following the rules and this car chase... Yeah, the entire time, the driving instructor is just scared for his life, which I feel so sorry for him. Yeah. Uh, Monica has to get on the highway, uh, which she's never done before, and now Pierce is, like, parallel to them, so... Yeah, I don't know what he's gonna do there. Like, what, just crash into them? Like, I don't know what, what the point is. What was his plan? Is. Um, so, he... But it's okay, because there's this red button in the car, and it's a turbo boost. It's nitro boost. So, they get away. <laughs> And yeah. they return to the DMV. Yeah. Um, quite obviously she fails. And then they impound the car because they're like, why does it have all of these things yeah, it that can't are illegal? That yeah. Um, Pierce sees a text from dad on the iPad that he took from the house. Uh, so he heads to the hospital where dad works. Yeah. Um, the instructor tells Monica that she can take the test again in nine months, which maybe it's different in California. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe if you break all of the rules That makes ever. sense. <laughs> yeah. I feel like they'd also make her go to driver's ed. Maybe. if you, Once you fail it twice, you have to take classes, which is why I was so stressed out about taking it my third time. Yeah. Oh, want to hear a fun story? So the first two times I failed, it was because I was making, okay, first I was making a left-hand turn, and there's a giant bush blocking the road, so I didn't see a car coming, and they had to tell me to stop. So, like, you do that, it's, me, it's an immediate fail. And the same thing, I was making, like, a right turn at a four-way intersection, so I was looking at, like, Again, I was, like, just starting driving. I was looking at, like, one uh, stoplight, but I was not looking at the other, and the other is making a turn, so I had to stop again. 
So taking my third driving test, I have to make a left out of the parking lot. And it was at the same time where this office building was also, was like getting off work. And it was just car after car after car after car making a left turn. I sat there for 10 minutes because I'm like, I have to choose the right time to go. But I did not have any leeway. Yeah. Thankfully, I had like a nice old lady who was giving my giving me my driver's test. The first time I had like this really mean like young woman. Yeah, I had a mean younger woman. <laughs> and the second time I had a dude who just like didn't seem that he cared. But the third time this woman was like, "Uh, you know, like this happens where it's just they're they're getting out of work right now." And I'm like I'm like <laughs> like my entire like starting from my pits like down to the end of my shorts just like drenched in sweat. Yeah. But I passed that time. I got like Monica. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Monica did not pass. Um, yeah, their car is impounded, so they're like, okay, well, we have to, oh, well, actually. They fight, yeah. yeah. Monica blames Liz for everything that's gone wrong today. Uh, they insult each other's insecurities that they just had a heart-to-heart about an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, Monica's fed up, and she's just like, you know what, just, like, take the diamond, but she realizes the diamond is in her purse, which is in the car. Uh, so Monica decides to go home. Yeah. Uh, Monica is at a bus stop and gets a FaceTime from Pierce. Uh, Except it's a video. It's a video, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He tells her to bring the necklace to the warehouse on 16th and 18th, uh, because he he has Dad captured. Yeah, he has Dad tied up, and it just, like, flashes a picture of Dad tied up (laughs) instead of him, like, being like, Monica, right? whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So Monica gets a taxi, she arrives back at the DMV, she shows Liz, Liz the message, so they have to go to the impound lot to get the diamond. Uh, they arrive at the impound lot, and the man working tells them to wait, because there's a bunch of people ahead of them in line, but they don't have time. Um, Monica can probably hack into the system to get the car cleared, but they need to distract the man. Um, and also they need a password. Liz says that the man's password is probably his pet's name, because 83% of people's passwords are their pet's name. (laughs) Um, I can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) Only for, like, just, like, my laptop, though, not, like, my important stuff. Oh my god, someone's gonna come steal your laptop. Oh, well, have fun. <laughs> it's, it's, like, six years old. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Liz goes to distract the guy. They have this, like, little conversation. she's flirting now. She oh. learned how to flirt. Wow. Uh, Monica gets the, cl- the car cleared before the man looks up, and whenever he, or the man looks it up, and, like, right as she, like, got the car cleared, so whenever he looks it up, he's like, oh, it's cleared, you can go take the car. Yeah. So, they're in the car, they compliment each other's efforts, and, uh, Monica reaches into her bag, pulls out the makeup palette, but the diamond is not in there. She realizes that back in the bathroom, whenever Sierra was in there trying to comfort her, they accidentally switched makeup palettes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, they've got to go to the park and find her, where they're taking prom pictures. Um, I don't know how it comes up, but Liz admits that the chief is her mom, the chief of police is her mom, and she's have, a fifth-generation cop. That's later on. Oh. Hold on, I have some things before that. Okay. Um, because Monica and Liz rent a bike to search the park, they crash into a bush uh, where Ashley is there with Kyle. Ashley's dress is ugly. <laughs> I didn't think it was that bad. It's lime green with, like, forest green accents and long gloves. <laughs> All of the dresses in this movie are horrible. <laughs> um... Who's K? Do you think they do this to, like, make them feel better about, like, real people's prom dresses? Or, like, look how horribly <laughs> ugly these are. You should feel good about yourself. 
pay um, is Kyle. Yeah, Kyle asked Monica to be his date because Ashley is difficult in the middle of taking prom pictures. Yeah. Um, Ashley calls Liz old, so Liz pushes both these children into the lake. Um, they spot Sierra and successfully grab the necklace. So, then Liz and Monica arrive at the warehouse, uh, and yeah. they're, like, standing there, like, trying to find a way in. So that's when Liz reveals that the chief is her mom, she's a fifth-generation cop, and her mom constantly points out her mistakes. And Monica's like, well, my dad only sees me as perfect. And she says, how do you know you're not great when you need a mom telling you the truth? What? Well, <laughs> but she's saying that she wished her dad would push her more, because he's always just like, you're amazing, everything you do is perfect. That makes sense, but the way she said it, she's like, you need a mom, t- you need a mom to make fun of you. It's like the way that she said it. I don't know. Um, so... Liz says that if she were Monica's mom, she'd tell her she's way more interesting as herself than perfect could ever be. She's like, the people who are worth keeping will always be around, like, even if you do mess up. Yeah, and they also, at this point, Monica's like, you sure you don't want to call backup? And Liz is like, no, I'm not going to do that. So they go into the warehouse... Uh, uh, also, at this point, Liz, who's always says, like, I'm a lone wolf, she's like, oh, like, the people who are always around, like, my mom and Ed, they've always been there for me. Yeah, uh, yeah so they enter the warehouse, they meet, they go climb the stairs to meet Pierce at the top, um, he's holding uh, the iPad. He asks for the diamond, and Liz tells Monica to hand it over, so Monica asks for Dad, and Pierce says he'll send a text with Dad's location once he's disappeared. Um, Pierce is about to leave, but Liz and Monica call him an idiot. Um, Dad still has his phone, so Monica knows where he is with the app. Yeah, he's I feel just like, in the closet. I feel like if you are like the number one jewel thief, you would know to get rid of cell phones. Get rid of the cell phone, devices. and then also don't be like, "I'll text you his precise location." It's if it's not like five feet away. Yeah. <laughs> also, like you send a picture of him tied up. Right. Where else would he be? Yeah. So it does, Pierce is about to ascend, but Liz yeah, calls, he like hooks this yeah. like thing up to him, like a, a grappling hook. Yeah. <laughs> But backup has arrived. Liz called backup this time. Yeah, he's about to get away, but then Liz tases him yeah. midair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she walks out to where the team is with Pierce in handcuffs. Um, everyone's back at the police station, and Liz, Liz personally hands the necklace back to the chief. The chief gives Liz's badge back, and Dad tells Monica, it's okay to leave him for MIT, because it's not forever. Yeah, well, and he's just like, hey, like, thanks for saving me, and also, like, I expect you to grow up and do, like, what you want to do. <laughs> like, you don't have to, like, stay in-state for me. Yeah. Please go to MIT. <laughs> yeah. Um, Monica's buzzer goes off. It's time for her hair appointment. Yeah, but she's like, I don't need to go anymore. But Liz is like, no, we have to go. We have to go to prom. And then she's like, well, I don't even have anything to wear. So then... Liz is like, oh, that's fine. I know somewhere that we can get something good. And they go to the evidence locker at the station... I don't think you can do that. There's a reason it's in evidence. Yeah, I don't think you can do that. And two, why are all of these formal dresses in the evidence locker? Someone tried to commit an Ocean's I crime. Was, I was thinking, like, are these, like, the outfits that, like, the sex workers wear when they get arrested? No, why no. would they be wearing formal dresses? That's, okay, well, that's what I originally thought. I was like, what are these outfits gonna be like? No, maybe they're, like, getting caught for tax evasion, but they, like, find them at the balls they're going okay, to. Okay, all the teenage girls. <laughs> no, they're adult women. Okay, that are, that have the size of an 18-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> have you ever seen no, how she's horrible 18. people she's... are? 16. <laughs> Have you ever seen how horrible women's body image is? Of course. <laughs> um, yeah, Liz also lets her wear the necklace, which has not been processed. Well, yeah, she's like, we'll have to have a whole team, like, to protect you, so I guess I'm going to prom, too. 
Yeah, so Liz gets, yeah, Liz is like, oh, I never went to prom, so. And she also never asked anyone permission to use the necklace? No. Um, anyway. So she also takes a dress to wear, even though none of the other cops who were there would dress up. And Liz's dress is way better than Monica's dress, which I, she should have said something. She should have said, you're trying to upstage me at my prom. Well, Liz gives Monica the worst haircut I've ever seen. They act like it's so cute, and it's not. Like, listen, people look good with short hair. This is not a good short haircut. Yeah, like, so, like, yeah, like, Monica arrives at prom in, like, her new dress, and she got a haircut to, like, get rid of all the dead hair that she had. Like, I feel like Laura Barana would look good with, like, a, a pixie cut that's, like, a, a closer cut. An actual pixie cut. This yeah, wasn't a not pixie just, cut. like, a bowl cut. No, this was just, like, <laughs> with, a like, Karen. side sweat bangs. This is just the Karen, but without the spiky part in the back. Yeah, I mean, I guess they had, like, limited options with whatever wigs they had, but it looks so bad. It's really bad. <laughs> Why would they do that? Yeah, like, Sierra comes out, she's like, oh my god, your hair looks so good, and you don't even have people vote on it. It doesn't, though. Um, yeah, and she also reveals that Monica won prom queen because everyone heard about, uh, Ashley's upstage when she tried to cheat with Kyle, so that gave Monica the sympathy vote. Well, yeah, everyone felt bad that her boyfriend cheated on her, so they voted for her. Yeah, so they go inside, Monica gets crowned, she gives a closing speech of everything she learned, which is be yourself, and she's like, also everyone, I'm going to MIT. Yeah, like, this is fucking high school musical. Like, <laughs> okay, that's, no one cares, this is prom, they'd like to get drunk. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's like, you're holding up the after party. Yeah. So she, they all go to dance. Um, Liz asks her to dance with her, like Liz and, uh, Ed. Wait, oh, yeah. <laughs> At Liz asks her to dance with her. Liz, Liz asks Ed to dance with her. Uh, they dance and then, uh, Monica and Liz dance. Confetti and balloons happen. It's the best night ever. And that's the end. Honestly, I wish my prom day had a white-collar crime chase. It would have been so much better. I don't. Our prom was lame and boring. <laughs> All proms are lame and boring. It's a school dance. What do you expect? <laughs> That's what I said. Everyone was like, oh my god, prom is going to be the best night of our lives. I'm like, you guys, it is a school dance put on by our school. Like, it's not going to be fun. I mean, I just love getting dressed up and looking beautiful, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. And, like, I'll never get to wear a dress like that again. So fun. But besides that, like... Okay. <laughs> it was a school dance. And, uh, no hate, but we had a really bad DJ. We had, one terrible. of the girls' dads from our school used to be a DJ for, like, all the homecoming dances, and he was pretty good. But then, this other girl from our school's dad decided that he wanted to be the DJ, so he DJed, DJed our prom. It was so bad. Was I didn't know, bad. like, half of the songs. No. <laughs> and it's not even like, oh, they're, like, cool indie songs. It's just, like, songs that no one knows and you can't dance to. Yeah. <laughs> it was not fun. Yeah. And then we were supposed to go to the after party, which was, like, literally in the middle of nowhere, but it was so far out in the middle of nowhere, we just decided not to. Well, and none of us drink either. Like, none of us were planning to drink. We just wanted to, like, hang out with our class, but they're like, you have to spend the night if you, like, come to the after party. We're not doing that. Well, which, like, makes sense, because they don't want anyone driving drunk, but we're like, we're not drinking, we promise. We just, like, don't. Yeah, so we didn't. We showed up to the house, and then we ended up leaving and didn't see anyone. So. We weren't gonna, well, you guys had already gotten there and turned around, so we weren't gonna go, but then another girl had called us, and she was like, I don't want to stay here, and the people I came with left, so can you guys, like, are you guys, can you come pick me up? Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, uh, yeah, like, sorry. <laughs> yeah. So we, like, picked her up, dropped her off, and then went back to 
recordings. Yeah, that was our prom. I think we might have talked about that in High School Musical 3. I'm sure we did. It was lame. There you go. That was prom. I mean, it was fine. It was a school dance. Don't have higher expectations than that. (laughs) It's a school dance. school dance. Like, calm down. Yeah. Do what you want at the after party, but, like... Just be safe. Make good decisions. (laughs) To all the people who haven't been to prom yet. Who are listening. Anyway... (laughs) How did you rate and rank Bad Hair Day? Um, well, I did, I'm not gonna lie, like, I did enjoy this a little bit more than I thought I would. I gave it a two and a half out of five. I put it at number 68 below Wish Upon a Star and above 16 Wishes. I did not enjoy it that much. I gave it a one and a half out of five. Like, it wasn't the worst thing we've watched, but I put it at number 102. The Other Me is above it, and Ready to Run is below it. Like, I will say, as much as, um, Lee Allen Baker is a shitty person, I, I do think she's funny. <laughs> And I hate to say that. I mean, I didn't really think it was that funny, but I can be I critical found myself of chuckling a few times. Yeah. Is this like one of the first ones where I like the movie better than you did? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. But I'm excited for next week because next week we have Teen Beach 2. Ooh. I've never turned seen it. back. Ooh, okay. Remember when I talked about how I had a story about one of the songs in Teen Beach, but I didn't know if it was the first one or the second one? It's going to be in this one. So stay tuned. (laughs) Great. We can't wait to hear the story. It's not that interesting. (laughs) Bye. Bye.